Today's bulletin brought to you by Your Sound, Your Community, Alive 90.5. National Radio News. Good afternoon, I'm Laura DeVoy. The Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, has spent the bulk of the first few days of the election campaign in Western Sydney. He's trying to convince local voters to side with the coalition, but the focus on jobs might not convince everyone. Amanda Kopp reports from the campaign trail. Scott Morrison is focusing on jobs and manufacturing in several Labor-held marginal seats that the Coalition would like to pick up. But for some locals, other issues will play a bigger part in their vote. And you're still struggling to make ends meet, cost of living's an issue. People who work in health know that there's a crisis. Climate change is the other... It's a different story for others like Will, who works at a local engineering business. You put Labor and the unions in charge of the country, it's like putting kids in charge of the lolly shop. Mr Morrison has touched down in Geelong to announce funding for domestic oil refineries. Amanda Kopp. National Radio News, Sydney. The Greens are pushing for both major parties to reform their climate policies to bring forward the closure of coal-fired power stations. The party says closing coal and gas plants as soon as possible is essential to reducing emissions and reaching climate targets. It has proposed a job-for-job guarantee for workers who will lose their jobs when their plants shut down. Speaking at the National Press Club, Greens leader Adam Bant says he wants to see an increase in green mineral mining. In many places, the best job for a coal worker is another mining job. And so we, the Greens, back to growing green mineral sector in Australia, where we mine and process here the metals and minerals that we need to make batteries, electric cars, wind turbines and other products to sell to a zero pollution world. Police in Western Australia have charged a man with hundreds of child abuse offences in one of the most significant cases in the state's history. Emily Francis reports. The 47-year-old Perth man faces counts of indecently dealing with and indecently recording a child, sexually penetrating a child, possession of and producing child exploitation material. Police will allege there were 24 male and female victims aged between 3 and 13 who were all known to the man. The alleged offences occurred between 2015 and last year. Around 3.8 million videos and images considered to be child exploitation material were seized by police during the investigation. They say it was one of the most significant child abuse investigations ever conducted in WA. Briefly, Papua New Guinea has been struck by a magnitude 6.3 earthquake. Seismologists say the quake hit near the coastal town of Kokopo at a depth of 100 40 kilometres. Turning to sport, the NRL has come down hard on New Zealand Warriors winger Marcelo Montoya, banning him for four matches after he used a homophobic slur during last week's match against North Queensland. The slur was directed at Cowboys winger Kyle Felt. Montoya was referred straight to the NRL judiciary where he argued an initial six-match ban down to four. The slur was picked up on television coverage of the match and Montoya admitted to being the player who said it. He has a Apologised and says he only used it to get under the skin of his opponent. Meanwhile, Melbourne's Cameron Munster is under pressure from his own teammates to recommit to the storm amid strong interest from the Dolphins in his home state of Queensland.
National Radio News, produced by Charles Sturt University, the Community Radio Network, and supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. Uh, welcome back to the studio. My name is Mario Beckes, the host, live the Butterfield Radio Show. Time for the weather. It looks like we're going to have the, some sun this, this week and next week. Current temperature is at 90.2 degrees. Feel like 70.4 degrees. And the chances of rain 70%. I'm not sure where is the rain, but I just check outside and I saw the sun. Now, for the rest of the week, Thursday, 14 April, 14 degrees minimum, 23 maximum. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 25 degrees maximum and minimum, 13 degrees with a chance of rain between 10 to 30%. You're listening live 90.5 live the butterfield my name is mario beckett and after the short break we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk to our guest wendy goni amiri michelle to the studio you're listening live the butterfield radio show and podcast with mario beckers presented by me insane director insane intelligence group ex-military diplomatic and security intelligence services specialist and now best-selling author i consider myself ambassador and activist for humanity so what is this radio show about is delivering stimulating original and new perspective coupled with insights tactics tools and routines that you can use to live more effectively as a your best self in this challenging world. Ultimately, life, the battlefield, talks about the most important concerns we all have. How to hope, to cope, how to survive and thrive in 2022 and beyond. 
and I'm inviting this conversation with two awesome guests. One is my ex-partner crime. She left me just before the lockdown from this beautiful state, New South Wales, to the Queensland. Second guest is uh, Amir Michelle, good friend of mine, of course, somebody who is tirelessly working day and night, not just to make a money, make their life and help you know, himself or his family, but as well, he has a great initiative, which you're gonna share shortly. So, Amir, you're the first. Who is Amir Michelle? Wow, Mario Vekas, it is such an honor to be here. <laughs> I know when I, when I read your blood-soaked soil book, I was just flabbergasted. Um, my background, very simple. It's actually the complete opposite of your story. Yeah. So I was reading your blood-soaked snow story. Yes. And I'm thinking, you know, there's, there's two different things where people's beginnings can lead them to. The first one is the story of the mousetrap. And the second one's the story of a glass ceiling. Okay. So I'm can more, you show me more? I'm more of the mousetrap point of view where they say that the early bird gets the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, Can you elaborate a little bit more about this? What do you mean by mouse trap? Mouse trap. Well, let's say that you and I are on the same battlefield together. Okay. And the only luck that we have, the only luck anybody has in the world, is what family of origin they start with. And I don't mean that it's only the parents that they're born to, but like yourself, in your story, your grandfather took you under his wing and taught you the way to move forward, survive and thrive. I was Correct. very, very lucky. My parents were both around. I, you would call it these days a vanilla upbringing <laughs> because my parents were both, my father was an electronics engineer. My mother was doing her third degree at the time as yes. I was growing up. So I spent a lot of time with my uncles, with uh, playing chess at my uh, uncle and aunt's place, with my grandparents. But the things that I learned were from the growth that they hit. That broken glass ceiling, my mother was doing things that as a woman back when I was young and dinosaurs roamed the earth, it was it was breaking the glass ceiling. Okay. But I learned from that rather than having to be the first one to experience that type of stuff. Interesting, interesting, Amir. So Amir, you are the second generation investor. You witnessed many renovation secrets at the age of 10. And by 16, you, you immersed yourself, immersed yourself in developing an investor mindset. Um, you invested a lot of regions as New South Wales, as many in Western Australia. And after consecutive years of six-figure incomes extended into seven-figure profit from real estate, you become a real estate agent. So w what is that about? You know, I mean, like it's nice on paper, it's beautiful, everybody understand, but it's not just a, like you wake up one morning and then you come to seven figures. What encompasses this from age 10 renovations and being that field, please? Can you share with our listeners? Well, as I said, Mario, I learned from my parents. I always lived in Sydney, but I invested in Tasmania. I lived in Sydney and I invested in Western Australia. I lived in Sydney and invested in rural New South Wales. Yes. Because when I was growing up, my parents were, and this is, let's say, 1990s, around 91. My parents were talking to somebody who I saw wasn't wearing a suit, was just dressed in casual clothes with a t-shirt about what investment property they're going to buy in Rose Bay in Sydney. Okay. So I said, Dad, why are you talking to somebody who doesn't have a real estate office? Yes. They, they're not wearing a suit. 
what do you mean he's helping you buy a property? That's the first time I found out what a buyer's agent is. Uh-huh. And I witnessed firsthand my parents who lived in Sydney use a buyer's agent in Sydney to buy in Sydney. Because reality is when you're a professional, tertiary degree qualified, you're not working 38 hours a week. Your week finishes when your clients are happy. So you're doing 45 hour a week, 50 hour a week. You're spending time with your family. So it's not that I all of a sudden fell into this idea of buying things further than where I could drive. I learned from my parents. So obviously the, the parents influencing us through their life on good or bad, right? That's what you're saying. Well, it's really family of origin, Mario. So yeah. it could be your grandfather. It could be your parents. But it's the people that surround you when you're alive. Your 90.5. That help you thrive on the battlefield. Well, I, I know the one thing, and I heard this not so long time ago, that you're not what you're by nature, but what you're by nurture. I agree with that. Obviously, applying, implying, sorry, that, you know, people you surround yourself with, that you are become what you are rather than just, you know, what you're by birth, you know, because predictions and everybody likes to you be something, this, this, and this. But if you be nurtured by the people around yourself, you know, you become either better you or what somebody else wants. But now, let's go listen our friend, Wendy Goni. <laughs> Wendy, she's smiling. Welcome, Wendy, to the studio. Welcome, and thank you for coming from Brisbane to Sydney. Not just because of this radio show. Of course it is. Okay, of course it is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, our second guest in studio, Wendy Goni, she's come. She come from Brisbane. Uh, you come. When did you arrive, Wendy? On oh, I, yeah, I arrived on Monday. Well, a late Monday. Sunday night. But yeah, so good to see you, Mario. Monday, so good. It? it feels feels like home here, yeah, doesn't like, it? Like, it's, it's, isn't it interesting? Uh, for those who don't know, Wendy and I, three years ago, well, two years, ago, three years ago, we started show business insights together on different radio station, and we run this just a tick before, you know. <laughs> Let's go back in the house and eat and dream about better life before the lockdown. Yeah. So well, first of all, how's the life in Queensland? Oh, it's it's great. It's a lovely place. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah like um, I say to many people, I really really like where I live. I'm very fortunate. Thank mm. you. You know, very grateful for all of that. Uh, yeah, I miss the people. You miss the people. Yeah, yeah. So it's really good to see you when you come to visit, and yeah. you know, come to visit, and that's much better now that I'm allowed in, back yeah. in and out, and all of that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah, uh, I miss the people. It's yeah, it's interesting. With us was a then uh, was a calling um, Amia as well, across to opposite me now in studio. We are all in that beautiful Brisbane because I remember that morning when I flew. <laughs> the tragedy is when I flew from Sydney to Brisbane. It was a storm here, right? Mm. It was like an apocalyptic. It's just the end of the world, right? It oh. was so cold, mm. so rainy, and I basically I couldn't even contemplate that I would come alive to uh, sorry to airport because the traffic was bad. And there was uh, so many accidents. And suddenly, you know, when the plane take off, you know, after a few minutes, and then sunny, it's beautiful. You know, I mean, I see the unicorns flying as well and everything's <laughs> like... But then I went in Brisbane. It was such a nice day. I was in singlets at night. I was like, oh, Wendy, oh, Amir, you know, I don't like you very much because you're here. <laughs> so you're missing the friends from, from Sydney, but, you know, you stay in touch. And personal, personal note, I like to say, I'm very grateful for knowing Wendy and her business for past almost 12 years now, maybe even longer, maybe a little bit shorter, I'm not sure. Uh, but I know that the past 12 years, I'm very grateful to Wendy X Designs for helping myself and my business. But a part of this, Wendy, how did the COVID influence your side of business? I think 
I think we just got down to work. You know, okay. like I, 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 you know, very fortunate. I think the service industry obviously didn't get um, uh, affected as much as the uh, hospitality, and I feel for that for those businesses where you know. But um, I, I think very fortunate. We we um, we. We've been around, as you said, for for quite some time now. So you know, just uh, clients, I say, just yourself. We appreciate the support and appreciate your business. But uh, I think it it um, it gave us time to to work on our on our own strategies, on our own work, and and that was that. You know, it, it just like everyone else did what we could. So it it really um, it really has been a good. A good experience because it actually made sure that everybody who wasn't even open to meeting on Zoom, they kind of had to. And so, you know, I couldn't travel into Sydney. No one could go anywhere. <laughs> you guys couldn't go anywhere. So it made yeah, no well, difference. Look, I, I, think, I think that I think that the way of the business, it didn't change, but we need to find a way how to adjust, adopt ourselves. So, Amir, before we take a short break, please share with our listeners how the COVID influenced your business. Well, a lot of my research that's uh, interstate, whether it's Victoria, whether it's New South Wales or whether it's Queensland, mm. quite often involves me flying and doing the last negotiation okay. with the selling agent. So when you think about what I'd, where I met the two of you at the beginning of April yeah. in Brisbane, I was up for Brisbane, Ipswich, uh, Sunshine Coast. I had negotiations with different real estate agents there. But during COVID, I couldn't fly. The borders were locked, which meant that everything was done through Zoom. And mm. as you probably realise, negotiating with real money through How Zoom. How is it impossible? Like, you know, I mean, I, I understand, you know, I like I come back to Wendy because I said, like, Wendy, she finally learned how to decipher and translate my English into proper language, right, into <laughs> into the into what I really, really, really want. But that's the one thing, and I will say to Wendy, look, we needed this, this for the business, you know, visual or marketing or website. But how is for you? Like, people can't touch the home, you know, like to the Zoom. They can't you know, that had a feeling. How did you manage to keep buyers, you know, entertained? So it's actually, um, and look, I feel for everybody who was affected by COVID, I feel for them if they were affected health-wise or if they're affected business-wise. From a buyer's agent perspective, it worked in my favour mm -hmm. because the regular consumers that mm -hmm. are going to be the final people living in the product, they couldn't leave their home. They couldn't go on the inspections. It's only people like myself and my team that could actually have boots on the ground and do a private viewing with a real estate agent as a one-on-one -on -one, rather than what everybody was used to from the year before that, yeah. which meant there was a room with 45 people walking through and then making their offer by the end of that 15-minute viewing. So to get a professional to walk through, take photos and take videos of the property that you want to live in is so much more valuable and it comes with written advice and written comparables that are for your side, not the person selling. So yeah, it actually made my business much, much easier and more attractive. More attractive. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was me and Michelle. We just take a short break and after break, we come with more question for the Bendy Goni from X Designs and I'm Michelle from Busy Bee and more music. Alive 90.5. Look inside your heart and I look inside mine 
Every Saturday night at Workers Blackdown. Every Saturday night and Sunday afternoon at Workers Sports. And every Sunday afternoon at Workers Humitus. Plus, enjoy a full range of dining facilities. Visit the website at www.workersclub.com.au for the full music schedule. Plus, plenty of other activities, including raffles, bingo, promotions, and fun events. Workers is your club. 
station sponsor. Learn something new in 2022 with the Parramatta College. Term 2 courses are open for enrolment and include business and work skills, computer skills, leisure and lifestyle, languages. The Parramatta College also offer New South Wales government funded courses. Eligibility criteria applies. Improve your personal and professional development with an award winning community college. Enroll today at the Parramatta College. Call 9687-2072. That's 9687-2072. Or visit parramattacollege.edu.au. Station sponsor. Hey, welcome back to the radio. You're listening to Line 90.5, Live the Butterfield with Mario Beckerson. I have two amazing guests in studio, Amen Michelle and Wendy Goni. Conversation before we took the break with Wendy, how the COVID changed the landscape of the business and as well with Amia. Uh, it was difficult for everybody. Nobody can say it was uh, easy and we all enjoyed the lockdown and we enjoyed the being behind the screen and uh, you know, seeing the man with the brown bag every night come to our doorstep and bring the food and nobody goes to the gym. But a part of this is true and you agree with that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I think we were really sheltered in uh, in in Brisbane. You know, for I mean, you know, say what you will. There's you know all sides of you know leaving politics aside. We really were sheltered. I think you guys had it really tough. Mm. You guys had to shut down, lock down, and you know you know quite a bit, and just really get used to getting everything. You know, she well, said. But nothing can compare to Victoria. I know. Well, yeah. I think you guys got close in the end, didn't you? Like there was towards the end, yes. But yeah. I think it was a common, you know, a sense uh, prevailed. Yeah. And uh, we somehow we we we, we managed to um, to come out of this one somehow. But that's like you know, yes, it is. Yeah, so. I think I think the worst thing that I encountered was you know like uh, I we come like obviously for Christmas and stuff like that, and obviously with the lockdowns and stuff. So with the harsh lockdowns when they were just so fast, we got caught out, so we were in quarantine. That was the worst thing that we went through. But you know, in all in all, we're fine. We have a health. We're all good. Like, do you believe this? Like a question for both of you as well, you Amia. Do you believe that COVID was true testing about resilience in us, in person, on personal level, and a business level? Wendy, what do you think? Definitely, I think uh, at a at a at a personal level, I think that you just. We a lot of us haven't been through like the hardships like such as yourself as you said you know the book and everything that you know a lot I mean I I come I, I came here when I was young I came um, and I come from a third world country so you know I've experienced hardship at a younger age but you know very fortunate to be here uh, but I think that yeah a lot of us have you know don't realize how good we've got it here you know obviously the whole world had to experience that but we are very very fortunate to live in Australia even though we've also been through COVID like all the rest of the world we've, we've yes. fared pretty well haven't we like in comparison so I think it does it has tested us has tested a lot of people and unfortunately you know obviously it leaves scars you know there's a lot of people that are they're reeling from you know health uh, mental health or, yeah. or you know physical health as a result I, of I, it I, I, I add on this one that it was truly challenge. Mm. It was truly challenge for everybody. It doesn't matter what level of society you are, mm. and nobody can tell me that this rules was like you know, what for somebody for somebody not. It doesn't matter if you have the one percent of people richest and happiest in this country, and they can, you know, um, don't go by rules. You'll have it's 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 a BS because the shops was closed, the restaurants was closed, gyms was closed. So like, they can't enjoy this stuff. It doesn't matter how much money you have, you still. Um, you can't enjoy this life. But Amia, what was your experience? Do you believe that uh, COVID was a true testing of our resilience on personal level 
and business level? <laughs> well, I guess there's, there's two things, Mario. Yeah. The first one is that I'm never going to try to compare my scars to your scars. And I think that, that's going to go across the world. Yeah, but, but the second thing is I've been a property investor for 24 years mm. and I, I've seen the ups and downs. Mm. We're very, very, very lucky in Australia. Why are we lucky? Because we're so geographically far away. Mm. So I, I remember the, the big news, the big TV shows when there was terrorism in the United States when there was wars breaking out, when SARS came out in, I think it was 2005, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong there. But I think COVID was a test of our memory, not just our resilience. Yes, resilience had a lot to do with it, but a test of our memory to say, well, 15 years ago, a big drastic thing happened. 20 years ago, another big drastic thing happened. 30 years ago. And the people that have never been through a cycle, that haven't been through difficulties, so we've had things in Australia. We, I remember the Newcastle earthquake when I was young. The Newcastle, so when I was young and dinosaurs roamed the earth back in the day, <laughs> the Newcastle earthquake was massive. Then when I was in, oh, I don't even, I don't want to age myself here, but I remember the Christchurch in New Zealand mm. earthquake happened, and then there was the bushfires in Sydney that blocked all of the Great Dividing Range. You couldn't cross the Blue Mountains for bushfires, and then there was the floods in Sydney. And then there was COVID. So it's not one thing that makes us resilient. It's the fact that we remember that we did survive and we can survive again. That's yeah. interesting. So, Wendy, in the last two years, it's like, you know, we, we, can't, we, we can talk about prior COVID, but during the COVID, what was your biggest uh, achievement, you know, in a business in terms of like, apart of making clients happy, or what was the most demanding uh, requirements from your clients. I'll put this way. What was the biggest requirements from your clients during the COVID? What was that? What was the day demanded? Better websites or oh, more Zoom and uh, Windows and yeah. Look, I think I think for us it was it was not. There's not one thing that I can put it down to. Mm. You know, we mm. I think in our business we we do websites, social media, or it being um, printed material, which as you pointed yeah. out before, it's dying down, but. Um, definitely the digital marketing side of things definitely it, it, it's relevant and um, we we just saw clients businesses starting fortunately we didn't see too many closed down I <laughs> think we were just very lucky that yeah, I think the prison was a different army no no but even in Sydney because a lot of my clients are in Sydney Remember, yes. we've been in Sydney for, for you know for, for a long time yes. you know our business has been around since 2000 you know so it's 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 we just have a lot of clients, a lot of people that we network yes. with that we've known for many years. And so we saw businesses start up, new businesses flourish. And I think I think that really helped my, our mindset, to be honest, because we saw clients and people that we have dealt with in the past come back to us and need us again and again, you know, and it, it's, it, it's been great, to be yeah. honest. I mean, I don't mean to, you know, make anybody else feel bad yeah. by any chance, but I think that it, it, it has been quite positive for me, like my experience hasn't been bad business-wise, yeah. we've actually experienced growth, and I think it's because people focus on the things that they could do. The people that were around me, you know, as you said, rather than what we couldn't do. So if they couldn't trade under this, they could do this. You know, if they and, and um, you know, we did see a couple of businesses that you know went quiet. Yes. But they didn't shut down. I was just—I think I was just very fortunate. And my prayer, you know, my prayers worked for them because I, you don't want to see anyone that you know go through a hard time. Because for this, what's coming? Nobody, but no, I know. Yeah, there I, is no, there's no, there's no, there's no, even remote 
no scenario, in theory, yes, you can do these things, but in a practical sense, you know, I, I never come across pandemic, two years, lockdown, no work, you can't go home. Mm. You know, there is no such a thing. But I truly believe that this COVID situation, um, it uh, was personal. T- sorry, yes. Sorry. Yeah, I think I think you just adjust, right? You just yeah. you just go well. You know, what is it that I don't focus so much on the things that I can't do? Let me focus on what I can do. You know, so and if it means that you know being top of mind, being in front of people, and just touching base, and just calling people and saying how are you going. You know, like you know, you don't have to get on a Zoom call because after a while we were just over Zoom, right? <laughs> I think we so, are still over Zoom. <laughs> we were over Zoom. I mean, look, I don't knock it because Zoom has really made such a huge impact for yeah. us like it's been it's been great to be able to then take your business into into online uh, it's it's what we had hoped for but it actually brought it it, it forced people to go on it so it, yes. it meant that I, even if I couldn't fly it meant that I could still catch up with people but you know what even a quick short text to say how are you going is nice isn't it to check up on your friends and on your connections and stuff like that and I think that that was really important through through the pandemic to ensure that you know you checked in on people even that they didn't have COVID and even everything seemed fine you just don't know how people really are doing that's all that's interesting it reminds me of glass ceilings but I'm pretty sure Amia you have something to add about about glass ceilings yeah glass ceilings is something that um, I noticed and sometimes like what we were saying with the memories sometimes you notice things and you take a lesson from what you notice in your own life yeah I said that my mother had gone back to uni to get her third degree, but from a, a glass ceiling point of view, that, that could be breaking something brand new. But I think also of a glass wall. Have you ever worked in an office where the cubicle next to you or the boss sits behind you on a glass wall? Thank God not, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I have the boss sitting behind me, like just a problem. You've covered that wall, yeah. haven't you? Yeah. Thanks to Wendy, yeah. of course, yes. It's covered in posters. Yeah, in posters, yes. <laughs> Wendy, she created a great poster. So <laughs> really it looks like it's me in a chair, but behind me, it's a... It's another Mario. It's another Mario. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, please continue. So when I was in my 20s, I worked in an office in Sydney, in the head office of a large company, and, and we're talking several hundred million dollar company. But my boss was sitting one piece of glass away so I could see how they were acting during their business day. And at that time, this is when I was in my 20s, I'm now in my 40s, they were worth $340 million. That was their net worth. Now, if you think about what you're trying to, bre- to breach, what you're trying to, to change and break through, if you already can see the example of somebody who's done something with $340 million in their personal assets then you're going to learn from somebody who's already created. And in my 30s, I watched my female CEO earning seven figures per year just on their day job. So sometimes it's not the glass ceiling that you're trying to break, but it's seeing that other people have the opportunity, the possibility, and actually doing what you want to do. And you just model yourself on somebody who's a great example. I'm speechless. Seriously, Mm. that that was a good one, actually. Mm. I was really... Enjoying this game, really. It's the power of your your inner circle, isn't it? Who you who would, who do you, who are you influenced by? Who do you? Um, I'm very thankful you you're here to? today, Amia and Wendy, uh, coming from Brisbane. We take a short break. All today's hits and yesterday's favourites. Alive ninety point five. Alive ninety point five. 
little at a time. Shit, I'm stepping in harder this year. Yeah, bear repping in harder this year. Watch me as I gravitate. Ha, 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 ha. We gon' ghost town. It's Motown with your sound. You in the blink. Gon' bite the dust. Can't fight with us. With your sound, you kill the ink. So don't stop. Get it, get it. Until you chant it. Studio listening online at 5 live the battlefield with Mario Beckers. I'm very grateful to have uh, two amazing guests in my st- in the studio with me, Shane today, Wendy Connie from X Design Brisbane, and Ami Michelle from 3DB 3DB3 3DB3. Okay, I had the problems because I tried to rename the Ami company and uh, the suit my needs and how do I say it? But it doesn't. <coughs> excuse me. It doesn't work that way. Samir, thank you very much for, my, for understanding this one. Samir, we spoke about glass ceilings. You explained this very well. But there is more in Amia than just a business. There is more in you every each time when I see you that you are working tirelessly to help others. And I know you following your press release because I asked to give me a press release. I heard you doing something new and you followed me. But before that, do you mind to share with our listeners What's your next initiative and what are you doing? Well, it's really hard, Mario. Um, I have to share. I, it's it's really something that I'm not used to talking about. Mm-hmm. But when my father passed away, I was in a situation where I was a single dad. And I shared with you before that really the only luck you have is the family that you're born into, your family of origin, yeah. whether it's your friends or work associates bringing you up. Yes. It was my father and my mother that brought me up. Yes. My father went on a, a flight to... My family originally is from Poland and Dad was flying to Poland to look after my grandmother who was in hospital and um, it didn't go well. Um, my grandmother sadly passed away and dad flew back to look after his business and then three weeks later had to fly back to Poland the second time in three weeks mm-hmm. to look after all of the, the arrangements there. It was a very, very stressful time for my father who was running his own business, working full time, working as an engineer but also running a, a video production company. And um, on the flight from Sydney to Poland, dad had a heart attack on the plane. Wow. Yes. 
Sorry to hear that. Sorry to hear. I was at that stage. I was working full time in a company, and being an employee, you probably realise that it's it's never just the thirty eight hours a week. It's you're always putting in more hours than that. But after about nine years of marriage, my marriage fell apart, and at that time, I was a single father with two young boys, who were living with me the majority of the time. So I was I was the sole caretaker. And with my father suddenly having a heart attack on the plane, they rushed him to a Paris hospital. And uh, he stayed there, had an operation, but sadly after five days passed away. So imagine me sitting here in my brand new job that I've just started, being a father with two dependent kids that I needed to look after. And I, I, I was very lucky. At that stage, I was surrounded by smart people. At my work, it was at one of the big Australian banks. I think I can mention it was Westpac. That's not a secret. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I was working at Westpac Bank, but I only started with them two weeks before my father passed away. And it was the conversation with the home finance manager. I said, her name was Danny. And I said, Danny, I, I'm the only executive for my father's will, and my father's got a property portfolio can the bank help me move it across to my name so that we, we don't have to sell everything urgently? Yeah. And that pain of having to make a decision between quitting my job, flying to France, and then not having enough to pay for rent for my own home, to not have the shelter. I mean, they say from Maslow's Pyramids of Needs that shelter is the base level. You really have to have at least a roof over your head. So imagine being in that situation where you've just started a job You've got dependents, and all of a sudden, you need to beg the bank to say yes. I only had $5,000 to my name, and I had to make a quick decision. Shall I continue, or do you need a break? <laughs> no, let's continue. I know it's so emotional. I'm, I can see it's emotional for you. <laughs> it is, and I'm trying not to, not to speak and have my voice break halfway through okay. a sentence. So Danny said, well, Amir... I know that you're studying financial planning. I know that you've got a great future with the bank, but the bank has to look at the income from the properties that is coming from the tenants that live there yeah. because they won't even count your income. And look, you've only got $5,000 in your deposit account. So unfortunately, you're, you're going to have to sell them all. Unless, I said, what do, what do you mean? What, what can I do? I'll you know, I'm smart, I'm happy, I'm working, let me know and I'll, I'll do it. She said, well, the bank looks at things from a, where your tenant is working, not just from where your property is, but if your properties are based where the busy bees are, where your tenants actually are employed and have jobs, that suburb tends to be a suburb that's growing. It's got employment. It means that the bank has less of a risk. And that's where I started the, the Where's the Bees blueprint from. Those words meant that in the first year, when I all of a sudden was thrown in from being a renter into trying to manage a portfolio of properties, I found tenants that could pay for suburbs that could self-sustain. And that's the Where's the Bees blueprint. I've used that in the last 24 years to invest in properties that aren't in the middle of nowhere or that are dependent on different ups and downs, whether it's COVID, whether it's manufacturing, whether things are moved overseas. Mm. It doesn't matter where, you have to have enough support so that your tenant can afford your rent. 
But I realized when I went through that personal, really deep, painful struggle that it's not people that just need your help. It's people that want your help. For me, it was born out of desperation. But my family has been involved in supporting people with disabilities. My mum for the last 11 years has been working with the Sydney Eye Hospital as a, as a counsellor. My wife has been for the last four years working in a school for special needs as the classroom teacher. I've been brought up and seen the examples of, in my own house of how valuable it is to help somebody, not just by donating money, but actually doing the things that are your skill set, whatever you're strong with. So when I had my own experience of learning how to do things in real estate, I decided that from a property investment point of view, when I give back to society, I want to support people who actually want to be supported. And I heard about in the last 12 months, Clubhouse that had a lot of forums for vision impaired societies. So whether it's the Australian Cricket Club for the, for the Blind, yes. whether it's different charities, mm. Clubhouse was great because people could listen rather than seeing things on Facebook, seeing things on LinkedIn and everything was visual, 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 even Twitter to some extent. So imagine having everything translated or read to you all the time rather than listening to the natural human voice that Clubhouse provided. So after 12 months of research, I decided to put my time, my effort and my money towards helping people in Australia and especially along the east east coast of Australia, helping the vision impaired get into property and secure their financial future. Amia, that is that was a great one, seriously. So thank you for sharing with us this emotional story and reasons why you're doing this, what you're doing, and how you try to make it other people needs, you know, met through your experience. But now Wendy, Wendy, what's coming next? What's happening? What's coming next for the X design? Oh, look, um, we're, we're, well, look, as I said before, and we're growing. We're a growing team. And I think that my visions has really changed, you know. I, maybe it's all that sun, I don't know. But, um, oh, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> we're a bit cheeky, like, you know, that sun in Queensland, like, okay. I know, yes. I know you love it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I do, yes. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's it, we're, we're really, uh, we're really excited and we, we're rejuvenated, rejuvenated, I guess, yeah. by um, by a fantastic team that has, that, that is blossoming in our office. Yes. And, uh, and uh, the fact that, you know, we are all remote and working happily from wherever we are, yeah. so it's fantastic and uh, I think um, moving forward for us it's more about uh, continuing to help our clients no doubt but for us the space has really been it really has moved into the digital space more so in the last or obviously for everybody but more so COVID has definitely done that so when we work with our clients now we, we are an agency for them we help yeah. them with all aspects of their marketing but at the same time, I, I really like the people that I work with. You know that, don't you, Mario? Yeah, look, I know, th I know that person who drives a bicycle doesn't listen to this right now. <laughs> but I know that you have a great team, uh, Wendy. Yeah, and, and you know what? And I think that bringing in uh, new new um, new people into your team, people people really make the difference in a business, right? Yeah. And bringing well, in some yeah. positive energy into your business is very, very important. Yeah. So f for me, that that's uh, I think that 
it helps me to help my clients and it also helps um, and it also helps us stay ahead of everything that's coming up the things that need to be updated for our clients for um, for be digital marketing and also social media um, being very present for our clients and making sure that they're present not yes, necessarily yes, me yes. it's that they're present in what they're doing and stuff so for, for us it's very it's very exciting time it's very exciting time because it means that you know I'm building relationships with people that I'm, I'm in, you know just being able to travel yeah. for us, it's just it, for me, it's great because I'm I'm able to come now. I'll be here every 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 month. Every month I'll be coming to oh, say I'm hello. Very much yeah, every I'm six weeks we'll be here, and it's just it's just. Uh, and then I know you're traveling yourself, but yeah. I think it's just having that balance between. Yeah, I'm happy to meet you on Zoom, but actually I'm happy to come Look, and see I, you. I, you know, it's the funniest thing. It is like now when I saw like you know, it's when I saw in Brisbane, you know. Giving hug to person, you are, you are, uh, there's such a high respect for me towards you, you know that. Mm. But you know, something was missing on that Zoom. Like, I don't say hugging like a teletubbies, right? But yeah. you know, <laughs> giving hug to person who you appreciate very much. Eh? So, we take a very short break and then we're gonna come back and uh, inform our clients and our listeners how they can reach Amir Michelle, Michel, anthropologist, and Wendy Goni. You're listening, Alarm 90.5, to live. The business with Mario Beckers. the studio you're listening live live the battlefield with Mario Beckes and our guest Sammy Michelle and uh, Wendy Goni so Wendy for listeners how they can reach you please oh look find me on social Wendy Goni yes look I just checking the card now from Amia and I think, that, I think I think there's not enough spots for them but so like how they can find you yeah, you need yeah. to choose three yeah. not like 21 yeah, so definitely you can find me on LinkedIn for sure. I'm I'm there, and that's what I mainly use for business, and where we we definitely help our clients uh, market themselves on LinkedIn. So what what how you can help the clients? I can help them to increase their exposure. I can help them to reach their target market, and I can help them to get their message across much clearer. I think too much noise out there sometimes. So. And look, I can say this from my personal level. If Mario Beckers, which 
who English language was literally shamefully terrible. And I, I can now say this because I speak to them differently and our people can understand me. Wendy Goni and her team truly done a remarkable job across my two businesses, to my companies, and even today, all the work they've done for us, it's still as a legacy here with us. Now, that being said, um, I'd like to ask Amia how you can help to our listeners and how they can find you. Well, I guess first of all, Mario, um, I'll tell you who I don't help, and that's okay. I don't deal with first home buyers. Mm. That might surprise you because a lot of buyers agents start on that. Yeah. But my at least 80% of my clients are investors. Um, typically, they're tertiary educated. They're looking for a property between $1 and $3 million or a portfolio of several properties that add up to a million to $3 million. So they're on the either Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, and that three-hour drive from those airports. Yes. Now, what I've done with the, the charity side, which is that heavily reduced the fraction of the cost of the buyer's agent fees for somebody with a vision disability is a low vision buyer with a, a, a PTV, a Transport New South Wales, or even a TransLink vision impairment travel pass, they qualify to get our fees instead of the normal. Uh, how they can find you, Mia? Sorry, I cut you because yeah, we sure. are short on time. Uh, so how they can reach you, please? If you're a first-time home Thank buyer... Thank you very much, Amir. That was a yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Please continue. A first-time home buyer, go to YouTube. YouTube. If, you've, if you've got a need that fits in with what I do, find me on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram. That is Amir Michelle, M-E-S-H-E-L. So feel free, go on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Vimeo, LinkedIn, TikTok. Um, you're going to find him there. Amia, Wendy, thank you for being my guest today. I truly appreciate it, you know, and thank you for sharing your experience, your wisdom, and how you see the business going to move forward. Ladies and gentlemen, that was a live debate with Mario Beckes next week, Wednesday, 2 to 4 p.m. Goodbye.